What's up, Gruntworks Nation? The Big Earl is always asking, why is China hoarding food? Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. Well, what does China know that we don't? When it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see, China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess up. Or there will be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does this mean for Americans like you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on a kit of best-selling Four Patriots survival food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots survival food kits. Hand-packed in the USA. The kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and the taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots survival food by typing in the code BTTGW at checkout. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use the code BTTGW to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots survival food. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the code BTTGW. Hey, what's up, Trash Talkers? Listen, it's impossible to fight, okay, if you don't know what you're fighting for. Does that make sense? Like, if you're in the dumps and you're, you know, you're struggling with mental health, things of that nature, it's going to continue tearing you down, all right? Because you're consistently trying to fight something, which is that demon, which is usually something from the past, right? Maybe that why needs to be fighting for your future. Let that be your why. Get the hell up and start fighting for your future. Stop fighting things that happened in the past. Easier said than done, right? Go seek help. It's okay not to be okay. A lot of people need to hear this. You are more of a warrior and a fighter if you stand up and say, hey, this has to stop. I need to go seek help. The stigma, everything has changed. It's okay not to be okay here is a firm believer in all men are created equal, but not all men live equal. That is why there's a certain select number of people in the DOD who decided to jump out of airplanes. And yes, we are better than you, 100%. Now, don't be the first trigger pansy to say, well, airborne's not relevant. You haven't jumped since World War II. Well, that's not accurate for one. And two, it's like having a jalopy or a 68 Mustang. Well, a 68 Mustang's no longer relevant. Doesn't matter. It's still a better car than yours. So take it easy this National Airborne Day and just accept that we are better than you. So two things for today's honesty cap. First thing, how do all my boys from the 101st feel knowing that the army decided that instead of actually making you airborne, they would just create a whole new division that's airborne because you just aren't cutting it. It sucks. Thing number two, for all the folks who were like, oh, airborne is the biggest 
irrelevant, doesn't even matter. They're making a whole new division of just airborne people because they're relevant. Think about that. How's that feel? Does it hurt a little bit? I hope it hurts a little bit. by Nick, Dave, and Buddy. Real warriors making fun of other real warriors. Try to not get triggered. <laughs> Happy Saturday, Trash Talkers. Welcome to episode 140 of the Trash Talk Hour. Special guest today is Tadpole, who will be discussing his book, War Junkie, A Cautionary Tale. And today I'm here with Buddy, and guest hosting with us is Rob. Welcome to the Dumpster Fire. Cheers. Nick couldn't, to be, to Nick be fair, the, the dumpster has been on fire for a few minutes now. So It has. About it has. 30. And happy, happy birthday to Nick's dad. Uh, the reason he's not joining us today is because he's been on a binger for the last 72 hours, uh, <laughs> drinking and playing golf. So happy birthday, Nick's dad. But, uh, yeah, you're not that special, Nick. You still could have joined us and came on the show. Just wanted to put that out there. To be fair, it's my son's birthday. Well, was the 17th. And you're here. But yeah. I'm still and here. They just yeah. had a party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it just shows mm-hmm. when you when you really – when something's important, you'll make time for it. Yeah, because you know I mean? yeah, we're family too, no? We Don't we stress on that and talk about that? But apparently the big CEO, Nicholas Control, is too good to be on here with us. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, let's be honest. This is going to be my, uh, you know, Joe Rogan intro to the podcast world. So, you know, I'll just mm-hmm. say that outright. Yeah, we are doing fine so far. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be seeing Nick here in about an hour because he is here in Arizona enjoying this beautiful weather, playing golf with his dad. So that should be fun. Well, you're um, already, you're, Rob, you're already doing better than Nick. You showed up. Well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> there you go. We have small standards. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. A, I would say you could be a CEO, but apparently that's not part of it. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're going to switch it up a little bit today because we did have some technical difficulties, like Buddy just announced. Uh, the dumpster fire started about a half an hour ago. Um, so we're going to roll right into a uh, honesty cap that Buddy has. And then uh, after that, we'll get into our guest and discuss his book a little bit. Right, so what you got for us, man. So we're, so we're, it was just, you didn't even lube it up. You just right in. Yeah. No. Anyway, first thing is uh, I'm still waiting on my four Patriots uh, meals to show up so that we can start the show at like this time of day with like a, like a rating, like a Keith Lee mm-hmm. type situation with the uh, four Patriots stuff. Like we're just eating some, yeah. some chili mac and we're like, mm, we got it. We tried it. Let me tell you what the deal is. Anyway. Um, I tell you what, it looks really good. Real quick to that. They need to make a um, celiac one free, gluten allergy, yeah. like celiac disease free. Because my wife is like legitimately celiac disease and she's going to die. Yeah. She's not going to be able to eat anything. So if I get this for Patreon, it's going to take I, care I, of me and the kids. I, 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 I got to tell you, Dave, yeah. I love your wife to death. But if the apocalypse ever happens. <laughs> They're gonna eat anything, yeah. You might yeah. want to start looking for number two, like you like, like <laughs> no, if you don't have any other options, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, take your place because celiacs is not gonna yeah. be something that 
Yeah. It does well. Love you, baby. Rats. I know she's probably watching. Love you, baby. Yeah. Hey, or uh, just find out are rats gluten free? Mm. I think they are. I think you can pretty much eat all of a, a mouse or a cat and have not okay. have to worry about gluten at all. That's period. correct. Yeah. Good so point. Good point. Thing. I have to look at um, cats, maybe. Yeah. Neighborhood cats. Yeah. We, we, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. We'll be good. I've had dog before. It's not that bad, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. I've never had it. Tastes like turkey, really. Very turkey like. Two fingered, figured such. A little spring. What, anyhow? It did. Anywho. had yeah. no idea. Uh, yeah. Anywho, honesty cap. So I've, I've noticed that this is becoming a. Social media has like, it has like its phases where it like brings things to, to light and that we, we use it and it like morphs and does all this other. Like, like, at one point, it was super annoying to me that people did promposals on, like, you know what I mean? Like, just ask her. Like, it doesn't have to be a production. Just ask the girl if she wants to go to prom or homecoming or whatever. And then, like, mm -hmm. all these different things that people make a production out of. The latest and greatest is a guy's, like, these kids' last game of their senior year of football, like, everybody's out there and they're all like surrounding them and giving them hugs and stuff. Cause it's their last game of their senior year. It makes me so angry to see people record it and like do this whole production. Mostly cause to me, honestly, cap fully on, you're just telling that kid. He just peaked. That's it. That is the best we're going to do is your last game. As a high school football player, you know how fucking sad that is. Like, like you're like it's it's downhill from here, buddy. Like you're not gonna be able, like we know you're not going to college to play football. You probably Some of them may, buddy. Some of them may. Everything else sucks now. Like every you're you might have kids. It's gonna suck. You might do this. Everything's sucky. This was literally the last four years that you played with with 14, 15, 16, and seventeen year olds. You're done. The only th if you want to play with seventeen-year-olds again, you're going to jail. Like that's that's what's going down. Like this is why are we even doing it? Why are we making a big deal out of it? You know what I did when it was my last day to play football as a senior? I turned my coach said, "Turn your shit in." I turned my shit in, and then we all went and like drank beers that weekend. Mm -hmm. That was it. But there were nobody recorded it. There was no video. I don't look back at that and go, man, I really I remember my last day of playing football in high school. But no, because then I joined the at one point I joined the army and I did shit. I didn't record my last day in the army. I spent more time doing that. Like, why do people make a production out of fucking everything? Why does everything have to be like feelings and just just move on? I don't know. Maybe you, you guys can pop in. Maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just angry. Maybe I'm just a grumpy old old man. But who doesn't want to keep up with the times? I'm so sick of, of seeing that shit pop up on my right feed, now. where like some dude is like, "Oh, uh, I really am gonna miss watching these talented kids play football. If they were fucking talented, they wouldn't be not playing football anymore. They're just playing with a different mm -hmm. team at a higher level. They're not talented. They're just normal." Well, 
I would venture to say that this happened back in the day. Social media just wasn't that big, and it happened on VHS with the big camcorders. <laughs> Moms were probably recording that shit, but it never ended up on the internet. I guarantee you that shit went down back in the day. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm playing maybe. devil's advocate you know, you're here, You're talking buddy. about the old ones that had, like, the, the camcorder was big enough. We got to hold them, like, on your shoulder. And the way of your VHS tape fit in the camcorder. Yes. And it was like yes. it had like the microphone coming off of it. Yep. Like it looked like yep. it, your dad looked like part of a news crew. Maybe. Dude, my mom still has like all my birthday parties as a kid. And I hope she's got all the VHS you rap, tapes. You're a child rap yeah. star. Everything had as a child. Yeah. Young child. Not I'm my wondering own. why you hate high school football players. <laughs> it's not that I hate high school football players. It's not. It is that. Like I just it's like everything. Like they put like fuck, people put their shoes on in the morning and they record it. And they're just like, yep. this is me. Put Take pictures of their food like, and yeah. put it on Facebook. Yeah, like why do nobody eating. gives a fuck? Nobody fucking cares. And when you go, hey, like nobody cares. They're like, well, why are you so fucking mean? Why are you gonna be such a hater? It's like fuck, because it's all my shit. I'm just trying to waste some time. Not looking at porn for a second. Right. Trying to do the right thing. And you got me out here looking at. I hear it desensitizes. Yeah, it's weird. It's just weird. Oh no. Hashtag man social media, buddy. Is that your new? Yeah, hashtag. uh, Hashtag. Part of a social media company doesn't like social media. Like, hates it. Can't stand it. Anyway, you're not very social. I'm super social. I can talk about super social that I don't like. You take Buddy to a party, every, Buddy's the guy that everybody falls in love with because he's just running around talking to everybody, super social. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently he doesn't like social media. So it's media. not a reverse yeah. nickname. You know what you can't do? You can't have a party on your phone. That's like a thing. Like, And now, oh, my God, even worse is when you're like scrolling through and there's like four or five dudes in the army, like on their little live, like looking at oh, it, yeah. like, yo, 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 oh, yeah. yo. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, talking. I'm not a big fan of those. Like, and I think that's kind of like, you're not supposed to be doing that anyway. Yeah. 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 No, it's not allowed. I'm pretty sure it's not, but they're still doing it. Yeah. That's kind of all the stuff the army has to face nowadays with the social media and everything. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's not allowed, but they, yeah. I know. It'll be like on staff duty, bro. It'll be like a live going. It's like, yeah. really? Yeah. I'm and they're getting their hearts and their gifts and stuff on yeah, TikTok, hey, which are making hey, money hey, doing that shit, too. You sugar know? 79, sugar 79. Thanks for them, <laughs> thanks for them roses, though, dog. Yeah. Hey, hold yeah. up, hold up. The battalion commander's calling right quick. Yo, what's up, sir? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This private yeah. Schmidt lap. What you want? Yeah. Like, Barracks yeah. is secure, sir. Barracks is yeah, secure. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm on. It's all locked, dog. It's all locked. I got all the riz. We, well, funny, we funny story for you there, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. Funny, funny story. My uh, last deployment, uh, 1617, uh, we're in the talk, and, you know, it's supposed to be sensitive and all this type of stuff. And we're, we're watching mm-hmm. the uh, Iraqi uh, special forces, you know, whatever that means, pushing the Mosul. And, you know, man, you're waiting for the S2 brief and all these intel people and isr and all this type of stuff well, one of the brainiacs one of the 50 pound brain guys is like hey why don't we uh get on the internet and get on facebook and we're like hey bro that's probably not a good idea he does it anyway right and it shows like every iraqi soldier on earth and every freaking isis soldier on earth at their you're looking at their freaking 
live feeds. It's more. Oh accurate, my god! More fucking time sensitive. It, there's more intelligence value by getting on the internet and watching these guys post, you know, shooting at each other and missing and all this type of shit. And fucking, you're like, th there's no need to do a battle damage assessment from the Apaches and the Hornets and all the the AC-130s. You just watch the live stream video on on freaking YouTube or Facebook, and you got real time intelligence. And it's like, after a while, you it can, just became a thing, man. Yeah, so, you can literally just you can literally call like call for fire on a building just from looking at what they're looking at. Like, oh, yep, that's where they're at. Just did. Do we have? Who needs WikiLeaks? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, the the problem is that they do it because they're stupid. We don't really. We shouldn't have that excuse. If we're doing the same shit. Like, like the, the what? So what would surprise me now, or what wouldn't surprise me now, if you told that story? But instead, you were like, "Yeah, some private was just like in the side of the skiff, just like yo, 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 it's ah over here, Warren dog." Like, okay, like, that's what. Well, there's, there's plenty of that for sure. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, Tim insane. Tim in the chat says social media has gone crazy. Hey, look, I woke up, took a shower, watched me do my makeup and make breakfast. Who cares? Yeah. Kurt says, be all you can be, Mopos, vacationing in San Diego. Thanks for tuning in. And then US Army Combat Medic. Hey, just found this stream, 1985 to 1993. Thank you for your service, sir. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. All right. It's so that's it. That was the honesty cat. That's it. That was good. Thanks. That's good. Yeah, tell your punk ass high school kid. Yeah, tell your son, nobody cares. Suck it up. I just miss the smell of the grass. Oh. <laughs> cut grass, then, nerd. Yeah, yeah, they might be allergic to grass, buddy. Oh my god, they got celiacs. You never know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we were gonna, like we said, we jumped straight into that honesty cap, so we could uh, focus our time on you, Kirk or tadpole and just talk about your book and everything. So why don't you tell the viewers who you are, what this book is about. And let's have a conversation. Thanks for joining us. No, brother. Hey man, uh, sincerely, uh, thank you for picking my hat out of the, or picking my uh, name out of the hat Million people that have the same story I got, man. Uh, I don't think yeah. anybody's got the same story you have. Kirk. No, you no, read you your, got some, I read your bio. I read, I read your bio, Kirk. I read your bio. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate it. I guess I'm the only one talking. There's plenty of guys like me out there, man. They just uh, either they're operational or they've, uh, you know, passed on. And unfortunately, I hate to uh, bring everybody down. Since I started this book, there have been five people that I know that have become the 22 a day, man. So just kind of um, and yeah, man, I mean, laugh off all the dark shit for sure, man, in your life. But uh, on some level, man, just remember that guys out there are still dealing with shit. Um, and I guess what my book is about, man, just kind of dealing with shit. And uh, at some point, I just had to say, fuck it, man. I'll talk about it. You know, I'll, I'll talk about uh, dark stuff. And um, everybody's seen the, you know, I don't know. You, you guys are probably similar to my age. You know, we grew up watching the uh, Rambo movies or, you know, Navy Seals or whatever. And uh, um, yeah, man, those are cool movies, man. The, but the reality is uh, at least one divorce, uh, multiple combat deployments, PTSD, alcoholism, drug use, um, all kinds of bad shit, man. Uh, waiting 30 days to get your records from the VA because they only work Monday through Friday. And God bless the VA people. I just hate the VA system. Just just let's make yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know. Man. Yeah, so you want to talk about your uh, military service a little bit so everybody knows what you did? I mean, we all know because, like we said, we read your bio, and it's pretty pretty phenomenal. But um, well, for the viewers that are watching right now and are going to, you know, go buy your book later, they probably want to know what you did, you know, prior sure. to buying the book. So I appreciate that, man. No, nah, man, I, if if you served uh, in, in our country's uniform, man, thank you for doing that, whether you're a sergeant major of Delta Force or, a, you know, cook in the Air National Guard, man, thank you for what you did. You're uh, 3% of the nation's, uh, uh, population. Um, let's see, join the Marines, uh, during desert shield. Um, to be honest, man, I hated college. I hated the people. I didn't fit in. I didn't find it challenging. I mean, no offense to anybody. Um, um, let's see. I served as a force recon Marine. I uh, went to the field radio operator course as well. So I'm a 2531. 0321 and 8654, which is a reconnaissance Marine jumping scuba. Um, we didn't go to Somalia, which I was sure we would after, you know, I we kind of watched it on TV. Um, disappointed with that. We didn't. Uh, my only real mission, I guess, was counter narcotics. Uh, if you've seen the movie Sicario, that was based on but extremely exaggerated version of what we did uh, during what what was called Joint Task Force Six, uh, which I uh, deployed with. So I was in the United States in uniform, carrying a loaded weapon with rules of engagement. So that, that was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty neat. Uh, let's see. Went to all the schools, you know, like I said, we didn't, uh, we went to Panama for training with the, uh, various Latin American special ops guys. But, uh, at the end of the day, man, I, I, I wanted more. I, I didn't know what was out there and I, I didn't really see a war on the horizon. Make a long story short. Uh, my platoon sergeant, uh, I'll tell you about him in a, uh, later, but um, if, if you watch my uh, Thursday's excerpts on Facebook, uh, he's he's the guy that really um, broke it off in my ass when he when he caught me building the giant snowman with the giant snow penis at uh, uh, Camp Williams, Utah at an army base. But uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, so after that, man, I, I try to get into federal law enforcement. Um, or any law enforcement, I, I figured being a SWAT guy would be pretty cool. Uh, nobody would hire me. Uh, generally speaking, um, what I was told is the psychiatrist thought I had a risk-taking personality because I had speeding tickets, and I answered yes on the questions, would you shoot a machine gun, and would you, would you jump out of an airplane? Uh, I found that pretty bizarre. Um, really? I, yeah, I don't, know wow. who I don't know who they're hiring, but they didn't hire me. So I spent the next eight years of my life as a professional counselor, man. I moved up to Atlanta and uh, hold got ice. We've got to pause for a second. we got to talk about that the for a SWAT second. The SWAT team <laughs> wouldn't hire you because you you said that you would – Wait, who? what SWAT team was this, A? And B, who are they hiring? Like guys that are like going in the door and they're like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ, don't. Man. But, well, you know, real quick before, before he answers that, you know, we had Bookham on the show multiple times you're a police officer in new jersey and like the mental health system with the police is just all fucked up like yeah. all messed up the yeah. one little thing and then you lose your job you're done and then you don't get like pensions like we do like if, if you get out medically it's just a whole thing so yeah. before they even take them in they're probably just i'm not taking that risk but you answer truthfully on one of those things you're done dude mm -hmm. and then that, you have the risk of you know losing everything financially so it's that, that, anyway that. just yeah, hit on that but it's crazy yeah no, you're exactly right. And that's, that's pretty much the story. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. If you if you look, and we predicted this back in the '90s. Like I said, I, I figure you guys are pretty probably close to my age. But um, back in the '90s, when I was in college, I hung out with uh, you know veterans and stuff, man. And we always bitched about how stupid everything was and all that. But but none of us could get a job in law enforcement, and we're like, who the fuck are they hiring? And 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 no offense to the guys that got hired. I mean, good on you. Uh, but but we're like you know. 300 PTers and ex-military and could speak foreign languages. And um, these guys are like C students in college and, you know, never did anything in the military. And it's like they barely passed the PT test. And it's like, all right. And, and then fast forward 30 years, you see these schools that are being shot up by crazy people. And you got these tactical officers again. Hey, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't there. I don't, I don't, I wasn't, you know, I, I can't. Well, I know where you're going out with this. Right. Yep. These guys are failing to make entry. Um, whether that's command pressure or whether that's uh, individual fear. And we've all been, anyone who's been in a gunfight has been fucking terrified. Uh, I'll tell you the story oh, fuck yeah. later. Uh, it's fucking scary. There's no doubt. But at some level, man, you got to look yourself in the mirror and be like, hey, man, I, I, I volunteered to do this job. You know, Johnny down the street said he wanted to work on cars. Bob said he wanted to be a fucking airline pilot. You know, whatever, you know, no offense to these uh, occupations. I'm just saying, um, something within us said, you know what, I'll, I'll take those risks. I'll, I'll go through training. I'll go to the gym. I'll learn weapons and tactics and God forbid someone goes running through a, a school. I'm going to go in there and fucking put them down. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's insane. Anyway. So you, so you went from the Marine Corps to back out in the civilian world to deciding you wanted to go back in was that was that once the GWAT kicked off at 9-11 well um i i went it from 97 to 2000 i was in the reserves i was in the boat locker and uh, it just didn't have the same feel you know i i, I can't really explain it I, I just didn't get the warm and fuzzy that i had being on a team and i didn't know any of the guys on in the platoons and stuff so I don't know, man. I, I, I can't really explain it. I just had a feeling like this wasn't for me. Um, like I said, I kept trying to get the law enforcement job. Uh, and you got to do something for a living. So I was a bouncer for eight years, man. And, uh, you know, man, I'm not proud of what I did. But, um, man, I had a lot of great experiences, you know, probably a lot of <laughs> You get to legally choke people out doing that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Fuck no, yeah. no words needed. Uh, we I fought for Dude, that's a conus poke out, man. I fought for my fucking life uh, sometimes, man. And it was like, God damn, man, what the fuck am I doing here? Uh, and then, you know, man, honestly, nine times out of 10, and I don't want to be, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I, I'm, man, I'm married to my soulmate. But uh, let's just say I, I attract a certain type of women, a woman, and I've never been good attracting women. But in this occupation, man, holy shit. It was I couldn't believe it, man. I'll just I'll just let you kind of do the math uh, with that one because I don't I can watch it. Totally. But goddamn, man, eight years. I got some stories, man, which aren't going to make it in the fucking book. That's for sure. Um, so then the GWAT kicked <laughs> off. And, and um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, funny. Um, so the GWAT kicked off. I said, fuck it, man. I'm going to apply to uh, the Atlanta Police Department. I'm going to apply to the Air National Guard. They had a JTAC uh, unit. And I'm going to I'm going to apply to this new company called Blackwater. A uh, buddy of mine knew some people there. Uh, my buddy, Rusty, former SF guy, uh, I think he said he was going to try to call in or something as a uh, random caller. So I don't know if you all have a call in line. But anyway, 
uh, Rusty told me to call some dude named Eric. And I'm like, all right, man. So I call this guy. I'm like, hey, Eric, I'm a buddy of Rusty. He's like, who the fuck is Rusty? He's like, well, I mean, he told me to call you. He's like, okay, I'm going to put you over to HR. So that was Eric Prince, the fucking CEO of the company. And uh, Damn. so I'm Damn. Like, well, fuck yeah. you, dude, you know, whatever. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm talking to HR and they're like, who are you? I said, uh, Eric, Eric told me to call you guys. You were recommended by Eric? I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they're like, okay, yeah, send us your resume. I sent them my resume, and then I'm up there for training. I was on the next thing smoking like 10 days later. Uh, went through their training, deployed to, uh, let's see, I went to Baghdad for about two weeks on what's called the Mambas, which was like a um, essentially a armored taxi service. Uh, then I went down to uh, Hilla for a few weeks and then over to Karbala. Um, that's, that was really my first combat experience or first time in, in a war zone. Um, and, you know, just to touch on that, I talk about it in the book. I, I really wanted war. I, I wanted to experience it. And, uh, years later I was like, that's a stupid fucking thing to do, man. A lot of guys got killed. Um, I mean, it was, it was a dangerous place and, and I didn't know what I was asking for, but I think every young man probably looks at that and, and says, I want to go test my metal. Um, and that's what I did. You know what? You, yeah, reading, say, reading some of your book too. We we uh, I noticed you were in Ramadi for quite a while, so I, I think we chewed a lot of the same dirt. Oh, yeah. and spent a lot of time. Yeah, Ramadi and uh, uh, Missoula to Crit, um, so forth. But um, so I guess you came back home from that, and then decided you wanted to enlist or, well, or go I, through the. I, uh, in right, right. Right as the, uh, you know, the GWAT kicked off, like I said, I applied to the Air Guard, uh, the Atlanta Police Department, Blackwater. Blackwater was the first one to hire me. So uh, I went to Ramadi um, the first time. And uh, I don't know if you guys follow any of the other podcasts like Combat Story or any of that, but there's a uh, force recon guy named A.J. Uh, Pishuda. Uh, he found and killed uh, Juba. Juba was the... Uh, uh, the deadliest sniper Americans have ever faced. And uh, according to AJ, and, and again, we're, we're trying to figure all this out. I'm the only person that, that Juba ever missed. Um, he killed Tommy Jaegner, a good friend of mine who was standing right next to me. Um, uh, my life was saved by an individual named Paul, Paul Fondren. I will, I hope I will my life. Uh, Paul Fondren saw what happened. It happened so fast. My brain couldn't process what happened. I heard a shot. I saw smoke. He fell over and I'm looking at him trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Paul Fondren just happened to be coming up in the tower and he yelled, sniper, get down. And then, then it all clicked and I got down. A crack went over my head as, as I remember it. Now, there's no way to verify any of this stuff. Um, but I was talking to AJ and he said, yeah, I watched the video as I was trying to figure out where Juba would go next. And uh, you're the only person who's he's ever shot at and missed. So cool. Just a fucking mirror. I remember his. There were a bunch of videos online. They were pretty yeah, crazy yeah. of him, like going nuts. This was back in, was it like four, four or five? five? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I was yeah. beginning. Yeah, beginning phases of before the surge. Yeah. yeah that was, was back nuts, nuts, dude. Yeah. yeah. They were popping up, and they were popping up on like YouTube, like the videos of him. Oh, Grish. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. yeah. Well, it, you were talking about like the 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 feeling that you wanted to go experience war or whatever, and I think. That's not a not a unique take on on wanting to go, and yeah. I think that's a, a, one of those things. Like you, you feel kind of like an idiot for for feeling that way after you've experienced it. Like, fuck, I can't believe I I asked for this, but at the same time, like, 
there is something to be said about having people that have experienced so that they can tell these other motherfuckers. It's like we, you know, people talk about right now what's going on with Israel and Palestine or Ukraine and Russia and all that stuff. It there needs they need to to talk to people like us who have experienced it and be like, hey, you know, we don't have I don't have a problem going to war. Don't no, no issue. What I do have a problem with is going there for no real reason. Like, what are we doing? What it, have we exhausted every other? Because when you, because when we open up that box, that box is opened. We can't. It's not yeah. real easy to close it. So you, you have to have people that have that experience, so they can say, "Hey, what you're asking for, you don't really know what you're getting, what, what you're about to get into. Like, maybe we slow down a little bit." Like if we have to do this, fine. Let's do it. Let's do it all the way. But if we don't have to do it, let's try to sidestep this one because it's not fun for everybody. Yeah, yeah I think you know, it's, it, it's interesting. You know, when um, so I, I in my uh, civilian job, I I still support the the DoD, and it, it baffles me that I I walk around nowadays and you don't see the combat. Um, you know, on the army side, you don't see the combat deployment patches very often, you know, even with some, you know, E8s and, and down. And you go back to when we used to, when we first came in and we're praying for war, that's what we all want to do. You were in the force recon. I was on the ranger regiment side, you know, nineties, everybody wants to go. We really hadn't seen a war. We'd had a couple of, you know, conflicts and not taken away from anything that anybody did in, in, you know, Desert Storm or in Somalia or Panama, but but an all-out war was really Vietnam. And you watch those veterans that come that came back and the scars that they had to put away. And it's it really is interesting to see. I I, I never thought about it until you know just here these last couple of years. And, and both of my boys are are active duty now have what's going on in the world it's a lot of eruption it, it, it could absolutely just spark everything right but we just got out of a 20-year war and yet how quick we forget what that war really is and how many people are i think the leadership absolutely gets it in in the military whatever branch but man these you know these 15 year and, and less guys they a lot of them they just didn't see it. And it's kind of, you know it's what? kind of crazy, isn't it? 20 years. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that, that, that those, like the, we, we say that I, I think maybe the leaders in the army or in the the Marine, the military should get it. But yeah. if you look at their, if you look at their, at their resume, especially when we're talking about the officer side, they didn't really have to get their nose that dirty. You know, they, when you look at their timelines, they had their little PL time, which was PL six, time. two year maybe. And it's like company commander. Now you're yeah. in an executive yeah, and, and officer position as a major yeah. commander. It was, yeah. you know, they, they were out doing yeah. things. They didn't live under a rock like like we did, you know. They yeah. And, yeah. And, and they definitely didn't have to. Like, so you know, and the, and they're so removed from where the the rubber meets the road by the time they make any decisions whatsoever that you know for some of these guys you're talking about like austin general austin that dude was uh, my he yeah. uh, but but that dude was my brigade commander in 1998 
He was a brigade commander yeah. in 98. That means through this entire 20 years of war, he's never, he's yeah. never pulled a trigger on anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's the head guy. Yeah. And yep. you look at, you look at like, even you look at, even at Mathis, he was already a commander, like a, a you know, a Marine, what battalion or brigade commander when Nazareo's brigade commander, Nazaria, or maybe, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and you can't, I, I don't yeah. take anything away from his you know, great quotes, but that's just talk. Anybody can come up with a one-liner. Well, like I can come up one letter yeah. all day long, but it's it's a whole yeah, different when you're when you're actually getting your when you see it when you have to when you can when people talk about Iraq or they talk about like battles or whatever like my, my go to question is already is always what did it smell like when you were there and if they can't fucking say what it smelled like you can read about something all day long. You can watch all the videos you want to watch. You can watch movies about it. But if you can't tell me what the old sewage smells like when you're walking down a road in in, in a in a fucking mahala in Iraq, or yeah. you know what the you know what the how the, the 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 heat stings your nose when you're in Kuwait waiting to go into Iraq, yeah, then I don't know that I need to. I don't know that I want to take all of your your great advice about the war. You know, buddy. I'll, you yeah, we, we had somebody ask what the what the book was called, and that and that's War Junkie. Um, War Junkie. You know, something that stuck out to me too. What's that? We're a whole segment on what you just talked about, buddy. Yep. I don't want people to. It's okay. just uh, action and adventure stuff. So, War Junkie, a cautionary tale. Yeah. Um, something that stuck out to me too, in reference to what what Buddy just said, was you know you you mentioned in your book. You know, you talk about the fear. Um, nobody really, you don't really hear people talk about it. You don't hear them talk about the senses, the five senses of, you know, it's always the cool guy or it's always the, um, when you when you see guys getting these awards, whether it's Distinguished Service Crosses, all the stuff that's in the media, the Medal of Honors, it's what they did. Um, but, you know, there's a real fear there. Real men have real fear, you know, and what, I guess maybe touch on that a little bit. Why Why go back into that? It, it, to me, that's always an interesting, you know, I, uh, um, I think Buddy did multiple, I did multiple rotations over there. Why do you keep going back? What sent you back into that, that fight, knowing that fear already? Um, yeah, that's a, I, I think because I showed so much fear in my first gunfight, um, I was embarrassed at my reaction. When, when Tommy was killed, um, and maybe this is an unrealistic expectation, but I felt like people kind of looked at me like, what the fuck, man? Um, I didn't immediately return fire. Uh, it was it was later in the in the gunfight before I really got my shit together. Um, you know, I, I dove for cover, man. I, I Once my brain realized Tommy's dead, someone out there is looking through the glass at me right. I didn't know it was Juba, obviously, but I knew someone was glassing me, man. And I just dove to the ground. I was fucking frozen, man. For it might have been five minutes, it might have been ten minutes. I don't know, but it, but man, I was just. It took a long time to get my to mentally get my shit together, and I carried that for a long time. And I was like, this isn't who I am. Um, after Ramadi, I decided I um, that was a State Department gig, and I felt like I could do more. And for whatever reason, someone told me about uh, what I call the special programs, and until I can be 
uh, until I get permission to say who's who or whatever, we'll just call it the special programs. Uh, I went through, I got accepted to go through their selection and uh, I was, I was a first time go very fortunately, uh, very capable people didn't make it. It's not a ding on them. Um, just the top of the food chain. And I went back in very, very small teams, uh, more or less looking for the enemy. It was the highest, uh, at the time, it was the highest risk, highest casualty, and also highest paying program there was. I did it for nearly 10 years and uh, had plenty of close calls. And I wish I could explain it to you guys. And I, and I know you have the exact same feeling, the exact same frustration. I, I can't explain it. It's like a moth to a flame. I know it's bad for me, but I can't fucking help it. I have to go back there. There was just something about it, man. I, I just had to keep doing it. Um, and, and like I said, I did it for 10 years, man. I was on the special programs for 10 years. I, I just, I had, and I went back to Ramadi, man, as fucked up as Ramadi was that I, I spent a lot of time in Ramadi. I spent a lot of time in Kandahar. I went to J-Bad, um, a lot of places, man. Again, I can't explain why I, th I think we're all kind of like that. Um, but man, I, I just couldn't get enough of it as, as crazy as it sounds. I think it's probably a, a super difficult question to answer because it's so multifaceted. You know what I mean? Because part of it is because you don't, we're all built to the, like, we don't want somebody to do a job that we could have or should have. We, we think that we should be able to do like, so I don't want you to carry my 240, you know, if, if it's my job, if it's the job that I took, I, I don't want it. So like, I want to go finish the job. That's always one. But like I've told people before um, who asked about it, like whether it was in a class for college or, or just in, in discussion, it's like, you know, it's easy to get somebody to do something like that or go to kill somebody for hate. Yeah. Like super easy. Like it happens all the time. Like you get pissed off, like people get mad, they murder somebody else. It's like, but the reason that it, it, you do it consistently over and over and over is not out of hate. It's out of love for the people that you're with. You know what I mean? Or because you don't want them to have to deal with what you're dealing with. Like there are plenty of times where I know for me, I was, I had the opportunity and, and I've, I've even had to talk to my son about that before or about this before is like, you know, I feel like there are a lot of times where I had the opportunity. The reason that my marriage didn't work was because I had the opportunity to choose path a and stay home or path B and go. Yeah. And can, every single time without question, I chose path uh, without hesitation. I chose path B but I didn't choose path B because I didn't want to be at home. I chose path B because I couldn't live with the repercussions of not being there. If something happened, you know what I mean? And, and you only do that if you love the people that you're around and you love the people that you're with. I think that's something that, that, a lot of people don't understand. They think that, you know, when you join the army, you're just like, Oh, let's go kill, kill, kill. And yeah, it, it's like a, it's like a football game. You know what I mean? Not the part where you record your son because it's his last game, but the part <laughs> where uh, the part where, you know, it, if you're hyped up, that'll take you through a quarter, but actually being motivated and having something that you're playing for will take you through the full game. Hating somebody will take you through 2001 to 2003 yeah. 
loving the people that you're with takes you to 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I want to hit on that real quick. Like, like a lot of times life is just so much easier over there. Okay. Yeah. You're dealing with a lot of shit, you know, but I, I think a, a lot of us can, you know, attest to this that like, if you do have a good support network, you know, I did 27 months total Iraq, Samara, Iraq, and then Baghdad, Iraq, and Samara was brutal. Um, but like, that's all you worry about is your brother, your left and your right. Like you're not worried about finances. You're not, you're, you're worried about staying alive. And that is it. You know, that's why it's so hard when you come back, like the transition piece to be back to like normal, regular life. But in some cases, it's so much easier. It's it like really is. Yeah. It's, it's literally ahead, like being yeah. A, a, yeah. addicted to like yeah. drugs or alcohol. Because yes. while you're doing yes. it, all of the problems that you had go away. They go they away, man. It matter. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to go. I, you know, 14 yeah. rotations, it was literally go for 16 14. weeks for, wow. and then, and wow. then, you know, come back for two rotations on that Jordan and go back for 16 weeks. I couldn't wait to get back because you don't have the kids on your legs, you know, wanting that extra time. You don't have the training. No financial issues. issues. You're just not even thinking about Nothing. any of that. Yeah. yeah. If you don't want to yeah. deal with home, you're and- not calling. You know, and there's less bullshit garrison stuff that you have to deal with. <laughs> it's it's a like, very good, yeah. especially in the 82nd. Yeah, especially yeah. in the 82nd. <laughs> well, well, Kurt, what are the what are the takeaways? You know, with with um, you know, I, I think, and I, for me, you know, when when my boys ask me about it or people ask me about that, you know, there there's a human factor. Um, we, we're all you're trained to go do a job, you know, and 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 I think ultimately over there it's easier to put it behind you. It's when you come home, right? Yeah. It's when you come oh, home and you have to process and yeah. you're yeah. going to memorials. Yeah. Um, you know, what, I guess my question would be, you know, kind of two questions. What, what is the, what are the good takeaways um, that you, you cherish those, you know, those moments, those feelings. And, and then what's the downside, you know, the, the spending your life. Yeah going back and, and coming back, you, obviously your, your family suffers on this side and, and mentally we all have to kind of patch that apart, but you know, what are those two sides to that? Um, and I don't want to ruin the book. If, if you covered that in the book. Uh, no, I, no, I, I appreciate the question. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I was told not to give out too much of my book because I, I just want to talk about it, man. You know, I didn't think the book would be that big a deal, man. I'm getting phone calls from from some pretty big names. I'm like, hey, man, this shit's just a hobby, man. And they're like, no, man, you got a winner. And I'm like, well, fuck, I still got a day job. So whatever. Uh, and a family and dogs and kids and shit. So uh, there's anyway. not enough people talking about it. <laughs> there, There's not. Um, on the positive side, man, uh I hate to I hate to be a stereotype or whatever, man. Uh, I'll make it simple. Uh, if you if you saw the movie Pat, you know when he's given the you know motivating speech and he's like, uh, you know, man, when you got your grandson on your knee, you don't have to say you shoveled shit in Louisiana, man. That was a big part of it, you know, man. I mean, we got to do something that uh, precious few people uh, get to do. Um, the, the people I w- I was with. Um, I won't say any names because I don't have their permission, but I see these podcasts of people who are very well respected and and them and, and they should be. And these were teammates. These were just guys in the room. I, I'll say one because he's he's passed on. Chris Kyle um, in Ramadi, we had four on the the compound was called. Uh, oh fuck! I'll 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 say it and deny it later. Shark base. Shark base was uh, was. Uh, you know, four, we'll just say four houses. House one was the seals. House two was Rangers. House three was us. And house four was the D boys. 
And I'm telling you, it was ground zero for everything happening in the Anbar. And the Anbar was ground zero for GWAT. It, like my buddy Rusty Pugh used to say, it's the Super Bowl of Special Operations, and you get to play the starting role. And brother, I've been there during your time, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm sure we were. I'm sure we were. You know, uh, all, you know, all the guys you see on uh, the internet, you know, um, I've shook hands with them, but they weren't famous. They were just guys in the room. So now you're in civilian life and you're looking at who people look up to and they're like, this person's a God. And you're like, yeah, I knew that guy. Oh, bullshit. You didn't know that guy. And I'm like, okay, man, I, I didn't know him. Fuck it. I, I don't want to. <laughs> Honestly, I don't I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the downside is, um, you, you know, man, it's it's when uh, Buddy was talking about the football analogy earlier, man, I, I couldn't help but think of Napoleon Dynamite and uh, the, the, the uncle <laughs> with football or whatever. Yeah, the uncle? Yeah. Oh, uncle. uncle Rico. Oh, what's his Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. Yeah. And I had to toss him out. <laughs> toss the football over that goddamn <laughs> – he over that mountain back in the 80s. Yeah. Coach, you yeah. put me in. I don't want fucking state. Nobody, oh fucking state. Uh, nobody wants to be Uncle Rico, man. But um, I mean, on some level, and man, it, it, it gets a little dark here. But on some level, man, you were a you were a god on Mount Olympus, man. And uh, at some point, you have to look yourself in the in the mirror and realize, man, you're, you're no longer on Mount Olympus. And man, that is one fucking hell of a pill to swallow. Um, I've I've made peace with it as best I can. Um, again, it gets a little dark, man. Uh, at this point in my life, I've had more teammates kill themselves that have uh, been killed in action. And I've seen a lot of people killed in action. So that's a really shitty number, man. Um, so the downside, uh, uh I, I was an alcoholic in the nineties. Luckily I kicked it before GWAT. Uh, but, but alcoholism is huge. Uh, drug use. I was very fortunate to kind of pass that over, but I see it. And, and when I say drug use, I'm including, um, again, I'm not a doctor. All the pills, pain pills, all that stuff. Yep. My, yep. First, my first wife was addicted because I was always, perhaps because I was always gone, man. My skills, our, our skill set was in high demand and, uh, I was always gone, man. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, drug use, alcoholism, PTSD. I mean, um, right now I have very, I have, I have thoughts that, that I'm like, man, I can't think like that and, and function in society. I probably need to talk to somebody. That's kind of how, what spurred the book. Um, because when someone says, man, I'll whip your ass, they'd be like, a, no, you can't. And I will peel off your fucking skin and, and drag your dead body behind my car. And you mean it like, you know what I mean? And that's probably not yeah. something you want to think of, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Hey man, I mean, might, you, be, might not be good for public don't, consumption. Don't, right. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, hey, man, these are thoughts that go through your head. It's like, man, you don't want to know how far I'm willing to go because I can tell you a few stories of how far I've gone, and I'm not proud of it, man. But um, again, man, I'm, I'm trying to fit in with everybody and everything. And hey, what do you think about? Well, goddamn, I think about shooting a machine gun. Um, I think about flying a gunship. I think about my first medevac call. I think about uh, all kinds of shit. You know, I mean, if you're if you're asking me what I think about, or should I just say, ah, oh, nothing? How's it going, Bob? You know, whatever. Um, yeah. I do that too, you know, fucking, uh, how's the there weather? Are, there, the, I believe that there are generally two types of people in the world, uh, especially right now. They're the, 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 they're the type of people that hope that everything goes well and that people get along. And then there are a type of people that hope at least a little bit that things don't go well because they're really tired of hiding their inner, like the things they think about. And they're like, you just motherfuckers, you just like they're the motherfuckers that are like, just wait, 
just you fucking wait, dude. As soon as the internet goes down mm-hmm. and you people start losing your minds, mm, you're going gonna to learn today. Yeah. You're going to learn. Oh, you're talking a lot of smack right now. And, and like you, I'm pulling the same purpose out of, I don't your, that, out of what you're doing now. Are you pulling that same purpose out of that mission and that purpose that you had back in those days? No, man, no, nowhere near, brother. And and again, this is not a ding on society or anything like that. This is a uh, my my purpose is my family. Now I'm, I'm remarried. Luckily, uh, found my soulmate. And I know that sounds cheesy as fuck, but uh, she's as fucked up as I am, to be honest with you. And she's kind of hot or very hot, so uh, it worked out for me. Uh, <laughs> we're, you know, everyone goes through a divorce. Everyone yeah. has problems. Uh, as far as purpose goes. Um, I tried to show purpose. I'm still in the guard. Uh, when I was flying, I tried to show purpose to the younger, uh, pilots, you know, like, Hey man, these are some of the things you want to look out for. And a lot of people really liked it. And, and some people, I, I don't know how, how else to explain it. They, they were kind of jealous that people were looking at me and not them. And I'm like, Hey dude, I'm not trying to take your job. I'm trying to keep everybody alive. I'm trying to bring forward this knowledge. Um, so, so that's where I, I really had purpose. Uh, but I see less and less reasons. So, so I'm just giving a hundred percent to my family. And if, if this, I, I, I guess my purpose is uh, putting the book out because it's stories of heroism, um, but also the bad side of it. So I, I just, I guess my purpose is, Hey man, you've, you've done a lot of shit for this country guys uh, and girls. Um, no one patted you on the back. Let me tell you, I've seen some fucking heroism, man. Uh, and, and I want those people recognized uh real quick dominic oliveri he is now a captain at delta airlines him and his crew deserve the distinguished flying cross i'm not going to stop until i uh, get them the distinguished flying cross they deserve it that's one of many stories i have where people were shit on by incompetent leaders and i'm, I'm not going to let the fucking incompetent leaders rest either god damn it i'm coming after you, you careers motherfuckers i'm going to let everyone know you're coward pieces of shit I may be able to use your real name, you fat motherfuckers, but God damn it, everyone's going to know you're a coward. And I'm, I'm going to point out the fucking people that I saw do heroic shit, man, because they deserve it. I mean, I'm just being honest with you, man. I saw I saw incredible shit in a 30-year career, man, and these guys barely got a pat on the back. Some of us got investigated, man. I, I literally got investigated for accomplishing a mission I was ordered to do. So, again, man, it's... I, I guess my purpose is bitching. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's my purpose. Oh, now, I did I that for 21 years. <laughs> I, gotta lie. I got a little bit of, I got a little bit of movement down below when you started talking about yes. like, calling out incompetent <laughs> leaders. I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. What? yeah. Here we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're out there. They're out no there. Kidding. <laughs> like the fucking flu. Yep. Oh, Ginger Avenger. I'm assuming you know him. It says, Goddamn Tadpole. I miss him. Proud of you. Mikey, 16 to 17. Yeah. Mikey, Mikey, he won't tell you. Um, he deserve he deserves, I would say, uh, perhaps the distinguished flying cross. We were engaged by anti-aircraft artillery. He was one of the first people to notice it. And uh he was he was like, Hey, you need to fucking do something. Um, I didn't see what he saw. I was able to maneuver the air, maneuver the aircraft away from the uh, anti-aircraft artillery. Uh, the other aircraft got shot up. Um, it's a long story. It's in the book, but basically, everyone—I'm not shitting on anybody. Everybody has a first time outside the wire, and if you come mm-hmm. from 
Brown side of things, you're able to recognize uh, attack indicators easily, easier or more easily than someone on their first uh, show. But Mikey's a good dude. Mikey saved many people's lives. Uh, again, he's not gonna he's not gonna beat his chest, man. But he's a solid motherfucker, man. Um, he he was the medic for one of my old teammates uh, that I didn't see since Ramadi. Uh, I saw him ten years later. Um, and in case anyone misinterprets this, I did not fly the helicopter that picked him up. I was second up. So once he was brought back, I would have taken him to a higher level of care. But I went over to the cache and I saw him. Uh, his name was Wanka. He was our sniper in Ramadi. And man, he's got a fucking neck brace and he's all fucked up. You know, he rolled down a fucking hill and, uh, I'm like, hey, Wanka, you motherfucker. And he's like, hey, who the fuck is that? I'm Tadpole. You know, but Mikey was the medic who, who, uh, who, um, Saved several people's lives. Uh, Natsuki Hama as well. A lot of people have a lot of stories, and I've tried to put their stories out there as best I can. This is the platform to do it. I mean, we would love, you know, anybody that's watching, Mikey, whoever, you know, love to bring him on and talk about some of that stuff, man. Yeah. You know? If you don't mind, I'd like, you know, I'll throw some names at you, man. Um, Natsuki Hama, uh, and I hate to put his business out there, but he's a real good friend of mine. He, he's dealing with a lot of shit as a flight medic. Uh, there were there was uh, an incident that was pretty uh, well known. I think uh, Eddie Gallagher may have um, may have talked about it uh, at length. But essentially, long story short, team guys are out on patrol. Uh, they're soft EOD guy. Um, is trying to reverse, I forgot what it's called, the, not the buffalo, I, for, I forget which one it is. He opens up the door to clear his six. He looks out and he gets fragged with an ID. So they were glassing him, waiting for him to try to, you know, and then they cooked it off. Um, Natsuki got there um, as the flight mate. Well, they called it, the team, team guys called in a nine line. Um, I was on second up, so I, I was not first up. Uh, again, second up takes the patient to a higher level of care. First up is the aircraft that goes out and picks up the wounded. Um, but uh, Natsuki was on there and they were delayed multiple times again by the criminal incompetence, which is our generals. And again, I'm a Marine and, and I'll, I don't, I don't know uh, Mattis, but the first thing I heard about him was he denied a medevac in 2001. That, that just makes me want to fucking say, you know what? That's all I need to hear. Um, when I was, oh, when I, you must be talking about uh, when we denied a medevac. You know what? I'm not going to go. Not even going to. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you, for a, a group of individuals oh, somewhere in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing, man. The, the thing was that 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 pisses you off, man, is like you have. Uh, um, I don't want to, you know, fucking pat myself on the back or whatever, man. But uh, the the tier one guys in Iraq in the 1617 deployment knew me by name just because I answered the phone. And then they found out I was a recon guy and, and all the, the special programs and all that. Um, and they just liked talking to me because I could speak their language. The problem was um, the bureaucracy to launch a medevac aircraft. And then these guys are in there like, hey, Kirk, I, I thought you were going to fucking hook us up. And it's like, hey, brother, absolutely. Now, I wasn't on duty, but let me just be devil's advocate. I have When I get a non-line call, I have to go to the talk. I have to call a fucking one-star general who owns the aircraft. I have to say, sir, I got a nine-line request. The guy's wounded. Yes, sir, I checked the weather. Yes, sir, I checked the enemy situation. Yes, sir, the aircraft has been maintained. Yes, sir, he really is needing a medevac. Thank you, sir, for allowing me to do not my job. I hang up the phone. Then I pick up another phone. I call what's called the PEC, 
the patient evaluation council. It's a bunch of fucking doctors, right? No offense. Thank you, doctors. But I don't tell you how to do doctor shit. Don't tell me how to do fucking helicopter shit, right? Yes, doctor. I've checked the weather. Yes, I've checked the enemy situation. Yes, I believe he needs to be medevaced. Yes, yes, thank you. Yes, I've talked to the one star. Thank you very much. I hang up. Then I hang, then I got to call the fucking two star because he owns the battle space. <laughs> and it's like, yes, sir, I've checked the weather. Yes, sir, I've checked the enemy situation. Yes, sir, the aircraft is flyable. Yes, sir, the crew has gotten enough sleep. Yes, sir, I believe he needs medevac. And then, so I have to check in with three different people. And then it's whether or not I need gunship support. I mean, that's a lot of time wasted, brother. And that, and that's what happened. Like I said, man, I I hate to bring his name up, but I think he, he just kind of needs to talk about it, man. I love the guy more than life. Natsuki Hama. uh, I'll give you his, I'll give you, uh, I'll give Nick his contact info, man. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Love to talk to this guy, man. Um, He would like to, uh, if there's a way for him to connect with that individual's family, um, again, I, I don't feel comfortable telling you how how deep they went into the life saving life saving process in the helicopter because right. it's not a story. But I really think he needs to get it off his chest, um, and that would help out my friend a great deal. Hundred percent, we're all in. Yeah, no no questions that, asked. That sounds like a a, a, a worthwhile endeavor anyway. Like, Thank you. Yep, very yep. much. That could be a real thing. Um, yeah, the, the 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 fact that at some point during that twenty years of war, we went from fighting fighting terrorism, ISIS, Al Qaeda, Taliban to the the most risk averse group of individuals. Like, like I said, I remember you know back in two thousand three, two thousand four, be a staff sergeant and go out take take a few guys and go out and do a patrol because. That's that's what you had. Yeah. Fast forward to 2010, even like if you if, if you didn't have a, a a lieutenant and a platoon sergeant, like you weren't going anywhere without less than 30 yeah. people, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just because you didn't want to get in trouble. And it was like, yeah. well, yeah, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, I remember them even moving in that time to you know platforms like, well, you're not going out on target if you don't have an ISR platform or. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you can't shoot back if you're not in a tick and you're not being. 2009 actively. was the, the, the worst deployment ever. It was such yeah. a waste of time. I so remember we leave the wire we, without the Iraqi hey, army. Remember or when we couldn't Iraqi leave. national police? Yeah, that remember was a waste, when we, buddy. we couldn't leave. We couldn't. I, I shoot you not the 2009 deployment in Baghdad. Yeah. We were told at one point that we were not allowed to leave our camp. Yeah. Between unless it was between the hours of midnight and four o'clock in the morning. Like, thanks for thanks for narrowing the window of opportunity for them to do anything to. Oh, P.S. They had also decided it would be a great, a great idea to put T walls all the way down the side of the road to channelize us <laughs> onto this road. That's literally <laughs> all we did. We just put, the, they put, they put the, EF, or the, the EFPs on EFPs. the back side of the T walls because they'd go through yep. the T wall through our truck and through the vehicle yep. or and through the house on the other side. And, and we had the huge hand wraps too, but it didn't matter. I, yeah. I got bitched at yeah. by uh by the, the colonel at one point because we were we were driving trucks through we had a big 18 wheeler with us uh and we were just pulling security for them to get from the suj to loyalty mm-hmm. we got hit by an efp it went through one of the vehicles but it didn't cause any it didn't kill anybody didn't cause any real big damage i got it up from the vehicles and i was like hey fuck it push through let's go 
we dr- we got back, we got over to loyalty, and they were like, "Why didn't you stay there and like cordon it off and do all this?" I was like, "For what, motherfucker? A, if something had happened, that eighteen wheeler's not turning around. You put nope. T walls on the side of the road. We can't do anything. They can. They you provided the enemy cover and concealment while giving us no fields of fire, and then you want me to just sit there." Nah, nah, son. I'm good. No, that, dude, that weird, weird that you never got I feel like, though, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I had more PTSD from that deployment than I did from Samara. And Samara was action, full, like, everyday firefights, like, crazy shit. But <laughs> the back fact then, is, I would just, man, yeah. all they did was mortar us, and we couldn't yeah, do you, shit. You, you I, get, you, you, I did my two, I'm like, oh, this is the night. We didn't yeah. have cover over our shoes. Like, it was just like... You get you get more... You get well, more first you have the bright idea with those two What's up? Yeah. What's that? The, what did you say, Ryan? Right we didn't get ideas with the team walls. We need dudes that put them up in our city. Yep. One this, way uh, in, no. one way right out. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Rob, those are literally the team walls I'm talking oh, about. Yes. They were on the side those of Sauter City. Gold and yeah, but, you, and... but once you jumped on the other side of that canal, they T-walled both sides of the road, that main road. You had to go to yeah. – it was for like two or three miles. Nothing what could but go wrong? We get out of the vehicles and just walk and down the road. And, and it was like, just like, oh, why are we doing this? And they're like, that's yeah. so – it's to protect – it's so that it protects us from the vehicles just pulling in at random spots. We're like, but but oh, now they don't so have bad, to pull man. in to blow us up. They could just – they can do whatever they and want. Was, yeah. <laughs> there were spans like four or five weeks like straight that we wouldn't leave the wire. Yeah, and it's like fuck. What am I doing here? Like, you fucking send me home, man. And that, 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 the taxpayers' we all, dollars. That, like that was brutal. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all come to that conclusion, man. My 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 fucking jackass idea, man, was I would just go join a foreign military, man. Maybe maybe I would have better luck. Uh, so I got out of the army and I joined the Kurds. I was like, well, at least they're fucking fighting because the U.S. military isn't doing a god. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Fucking crazy uh, times, man. Oh man, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to read your book, Kirk. I think Thank it's going to be uh, same here. Thank you. So I, 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 just reading your resume was enough to, to just <laughs> yeah, like, it was hilarious. Nick wait, sent it what? to us. He's like, "This guy's this serious business," and I'm what? like, "All right, you know what? What, what do we got?" Kirk, you know what? You know what pissed me off more about your resume than almost anything? What? <laughs> the fact that I put in my flight packet when I was 33 years old. And they were like, nah, dude, you're too old. It was the year before I went to Ranger School and then went SF after that. I was like, I was like, I looked at your resume. I was like, hey, hold on a second. Kurt got in. He was 59 or 60 or something like that. got to go to the flight school at 39. I was the oldest guy to transition to Apaches at 49. Uh, but to be fair, I went to the recruiter and uh, he was 82nd guy. I was like, hey, man, I just I found out about this warrant officer uh, program. Um, you know, one I want to join. He's like, how old are you? And I told him, I think I was 37. Was, ah, you, you're too old. I was like, nah, man, I know there's waivers. He goes, nah, man, it, the waivers stopped two weeks ago. I was like, hey, look, motherfucker, I've played the recruiter game before. Show me in fucking, you know, show me on a fucking piece of paper or whatever. No bullshit. Guy goes back to the to the office, the in, S, senior NCO, whatever comes out. He's like. Oh, no shit. You fucking stopped waivers two weeks ago. I'm two weeks late. He goes, nah, man, uh, I know some guys in the National Guard, man. The National Guard can give you an age waiver. So so that's uh, that they were legitimate about 
cutting off waivers for active duty. The yeah. fun part about that is I was number three in my in my class. The guys who were number one and number two were number one and number two because they beat me on the run by five seconds and eight seconds. That's what fucking separated number one, number two, and number three in my flight school class. So it, run time. It, it, well, it, the, I'm not gonna lie. The, the it, it's no more pissy. It, it doesn't piss me off anymore to look at your resume and be like this motherfucker than it did than it did when I went to fifth group and the helicopter landed. And this 80-year-old fucking dickhead got out of the fucking pilot seat and like and I'm like, wait a second, hold up. I was too old at 33, but father time was around when they just had like the the like the, the helicopter was the number one. That's all they called it. It was just the one, and it was they only had two of them. This motherfucker was flying around in that son of a bitch, and then he's like, everybody got to jump out of the aircraft today. I was like, yeah. Motherfuckers. yeah, trust, trust me, man. You know, I knew it was something I could do later in life and support the guys on the ground versus, you know, being a being the guy carrying the rifle in the rucksack. And, and that was the big that was the biggest person I our biggest reason. I still wanted to be one of those guys. But I knew that if I if I went into aviation, particularly uh, tactical aviation, I'd, I'd have a good chance of being around, uh, you know, guys like us, basically. Yeah. Who's uh, who's doing AAR, Dave? You got it, bud. We got oh, five hey. minutes. I just gave Chris a five minute window. Um, we started a little bit later. Have, we need to I have, have you back AAR, on. I think friend. we could do. I'm we could do a two hour segment that. on this. Yeah, that's all you, buddy. Or Rob can handle the AAR. There's a script, you nerd. I think it's Rob. I, I just, do think it's yeah, Rob. But, but I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. Well, first and foremost, Kurt, Kurt, for everybody that tuned in, again, where can we get the book? Amazon, you know, do you have a website? Can people reach out to you? Is there a Facebook page, Instagram? Yeah. Like, share us your social media. All, all of my social media is KG Spradley Author. Facebook, Twitter, okay. uh, Instagram. I have kgspradleyauthor.com. That's my website. And I'm waiting on the DOD and a couple of government agencies to say that I did not disclose uh, any info in the book. So I, the book is ready. It's ready to fucking go, man. It's fucking cleared hot. But I need for these certain uh, government organizations to say I didn't give away uh, info and then I can I can uh, publish it. It'll be on Amazon. And then a very good friend of mine, Ron Syback, if y'all if y'all uh, go to his site, uh, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook, KG Spradley author on Facebook. And you can see Ron, Ron Syback on there. He's, he's a good buddy of mine, former, uh, uh, former army soldier. He's got a radio background and, uh, he's, he's going to do the audio. He's got, he's got a great voice and he's got, a, uh, his own studio. So I'll release the book. And then a few months later, the audio, uh, right now I'm just waiting on official approval to say, I didn't give away any classified information. Nice. Uh, would appreciate nice. Guys, looking at Facebook because I put the Thursdays excerpts out there, and you can go back and, and look at it and see the Thursdays excerpts that I've already put out there. Uh, some of it's funny. I, I think it's funny. Uh, some of it is a little dark. I don't want too many funny stories. I want people to know, man. There's a fucking dark side to this shit. Um, so, but but that's about yeah, it. I can't wait to read it. And as soon as you get that green light, let us know too, so we can you know share the word across all of our platforms. Because yeah, this is probably gonna be an amazing book. I'm really looking excited about it. <laughs> So much. Rob, Rob, Rob you got you the got AR? AR. It's your, it's your turn. It's your turn. Well, I mean, if I knew what I was doing, um, new guy. I think, <laughs> I think you did amazing, Rob. 
I think you did better yeah. than Nick, actually. I, yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm, be- I'm better looking for sure, right? We can at least for sure. And you're not you're not as full of yourself either. You know, you're very you know yeah. like you're, you're good to go. You know, <laughs> very humble. Speaking yeah, of no, Nick, I'm about to see him in an hour, so it'll be fun. <laughs> hey, it's 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 great meeting you, Kurt. Um, you. I started looking and the, the portions. I don't know if we have the whole book, um, but the portions that I have that that Nick sent me, um, I'm probably about three quarters of the way through that actually, just speed reading it um it's captivating you know so everybody out there listening you guys go check it out war junkie cautionary tale um kg spradley um i'm really looking forward to getting through it um would love to even have you back on you know once once the book comes out um you know it's it it it, you have a really unique it's just not that typical i joined when i was 19 i went into the gwat i spent all this time over there you went from Marine Corps back before pre, you know, pre GWAT to going through um, organizations and and um, serving in another capacity to flying helicopters, and you know now you're part of the old guy brigade, like you know what I like to call the Graybeards, and still contributing, you know, and and being able to have that that dark side, you know, to it, which we all I think we've all been there. Um, yeah. Some of us are still there. That's what yep. this this whole you know veteran trash talk is about is that platform. Um, yes, sir. But you know, more importantly, being able to make light of it. You know, we all have kind of dark personalities, and um, you know, so it, it seems like a really good balance in there. So if, if if you're out there listening, go check the book out when it's available. Really, really thank you for your time and coming on. Yeah. Thank you. If uh, one more thing, I just want to say thanks Absolutely. to uh, Jim Danow. He did uh, a lot of editing early on and got me into the book. And if you guys get a chance to go to trmaston.com, uh, Wombat. Now, he's an aviation guy, but he supported uh, people like us in contact. And uh, just tell him Tadpole sent you. Just uh, try to boost. You know, he's got a few books out, and he's helped me as far as uh, how to get my book going, stuff like that. So if you guys should roll over to those sites, man, and just say Tadpole sent me, let him know. Uh, just show some love to another veteran. Would, would it help you for people to like your Facebook or Instagram Absolutely. and all that? Yeah, okay. just so let me, I, again, the, the Facebook's like, you know, me and my wife, we do our thing here. We don't we don't need social media. The social media is for the book. And then I've, I'm halfway through my second book. It'll be a novel. And I've already got, you know, like three and four stacked up in the fucking cast stack, man. So um, I, I've always wanted to write and now I got a chance. So, uh, yeah, get on there. Facebook, especially Instagram, uh, Twitter. KG Spradley, author, uh, send me a friend request, man. I'll, I'll guarantee you uh, access to my stuff. Just look on there, read my excerpts. If you think they're funny, great. Comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, if the, any lessons learned, you you know, go right ahead, man. And, and I don't want to make Thanks. a Marine Thanks. joke, but you're yeah. not writing the initial drafts in crayon, right? Well, <laughs> it, it was in crayon, but then I sent it to a professional editor, uh, and they edited it. They're like, hey, bro, we can't use if you don't write the introductory like the just the introduction like in crayon word introduction in crayon just just a fuck with people that that'll be uh, actually one more jason morrison the perfect fucking life.com he 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 was the first one to write a book of all of us he's a recon guy and uh he's gonna write we had him on didn't we we had him on you did you had your first podcast Uh, he's gonna write it in crayon, and if he doesn't, man, you fucking call him out. So, there you go. Awesome. I uh, I Again, also have to say, ahead, uh, Rob, that AAR. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with like a seven and a half, eight out of ten. <laughs> Definitely better than Nick. So I'm gonna go with an A plus because he was put on the spot, didn't know he was doing maybe, it, and then reacted. Maybe, I think, and I think maybe we have to have a. We're we're getting to a point where we got to vote on whether or not. Like, maybe Nick. Maybe. maybe out of a uh, job. Yeah, as that's what I'm saying. From your own as, at your own company. <laughs> yeah. Now, the CEO might be getting too busy doing stuff behind yeah. the curtains, you know, yeah. just, you know, yeah. managing the company. And then That's we're right. just getting out of here, getting after it. Love you, Nick, if you're watching. I'll see you soon. Yeah. Anyhow, hey, again, again, great having you on. This was some Thank great you. discussion. Thanks to the baker, our audio guy and tech guy who uh, fixed all the issues that we were having prior to the show. And he's on right now, able to cut it, cut the live. So that's awesome. Um when you go green and the book launches, let us know. Shoot Nick a message. I'll add you on my personal Facebook as well. Like we'd love to post it and then have you back on. And some of the people that you spoke about as well, because I think their message needs to be heard. And uh, I'm happy you're getting after that. To everybody that tuned in, Ron, Brian, Shannon, Nell, Jason, thanks again. Go to veterantrashtalk.com. That's our website. It has links to everything, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our store, shop.veterantrashtalk.com, where we sell some awesome merch. Today I'm wearing the Only Infantry, one of my favorite shirts. Not only fans, okay? Only infantry. And we got some awesome crayon shirts for the Marines that are watching too, so you should go check them out. Yeah. We will catch you guys next Saturday. Love y'all. Face the VTT fuck? out. Hold on. awesome. How did he just have <laughs> shit go off on his thing? What the fuck is going on? There's yeah. a laser We show might still be live, guys, so let me make sure Chris is Thanks for watching and listening, and now a word from our sponsor, Four Patriots. In a startling description, the UN food chief warned the world with the words, knocking on famine's door. He called what we're facing a perfect storm of a perfect storm. And he's not alone. Barron's published that a food shortage could be coming, even in the U.S. Farmers see it, too. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months. That's why getting survival food is more important than ever now. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years super survival food. Hand-packed in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, for the next few days, listeners of the Veteran Trash Talk podcast will get 10% off their first order at 4 by using the code VTTGW. Go to 4 and use the code VTTGW to start your stockpile today.